It's episode 14. This is the Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast, Monday, August 29th, 2022. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's insight and perspective from members of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee. Joining us today, Blaine Disrood, a CFA, a trader, and a research analyst, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning. Welcome. Morning, Danny. And Trevor Nargis, trader and a research analyst. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys. As many people have been assessing whether or not we're in a recession this year, one of the topics that they often point to as to us not being in a recession is the labor market. So what Blaine and I wanted to do this week is take a look at just that. So Blaine, let's dive into it. Yeah, the strengths this week really are unemployment being so low and then the jolts number continuing to be quite strong. Uh, jolts is your jobs openings and labor turnover survey. Uh, it really gets at how many jobs are open in the market right now, how many employers are looking for uh, new hires. And then unemployment, there's quite a few different metrics to unemployment, but uh, historically it's people who have recently been laid off and have filed for unemployment. Uh, U3 is the technical term for it. So how do you reconcile you know, employment being historically low and then kind of the environment that we're in right now? How, how do you look at the current unemployment rate relative to history and kind of put piecing that all together. Unemployment number is pretty much the lowest we've seen since the 1950s. And it's currently sitting at 3.5%. So of the people who are currently looking for jobs or participating in the labor market, only 3.5% of them are currently quote unquote unemployed. This really only happens fairly unoften. <laughs> Anytime you get unemployment below 4.2%, it's usually considered pretty much max employment. Um, so the current market situation that we have is max employment right now. People who want to find a job are finding a job and people who want to work are working. That's one thing that's quite interesting as well, because the debate is whether or not we're in a recession, typically defined as two consecutive quarters of GDP contraction, which we have seen. So if we're looking at the technical definition of a recession, this is actually the best labor market that we've ever seen during a recession from an unemployment number standpoint. If you look back over the course of history and look at U.S. unemployment rates during recessions, you know it's typically gotten down to around 4.6% at its lowest, and right now we're sitting at about 3.5%. I think that's something that's super interesting. That's another reason why people are touting that argument as, hey, you know, we aren't in a recession. You know, the labor market is, is so good. Look at the unemployment rate. I think one thing that needs to be noted there is that job numbers are a lagging indicator. They're typically seen as a lagging indicator. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because if you look at history and you look at when recessions start and what sometimes causes a recession is actually that the labor market gets too hot and what we can work into weaknesses. The labor market getting too hot leads to wage increases. Companies can't keep up with those wage increases and then they have to start cutting some of their their labor force or raising wages to a point where they can't sustain that level of pay. Well, and that's one thing that, you know, people have touted as someone as a weakness. Now, surely it's good for the individual workers to keep up with the cost of living and whatnot. But those wages being up combined with lower productivity numbers, that's typically seen as something that's that's not too beneficial going forward. That calculation goes hand in hand. The cost of labor going up reduces your productivity unless you have a technological advancement someone somewhere in there uh, it's part of the equation the real wage issue and when I say real wage I'm saying 
someone getting a raise minus the inflation has actually been quite dismal. When we go back over the last decade, the real wage has really only increased 3%. When you look at nominal wage increases, it's up 45%. But after you factor in inflation, people who are working and earning an income really have only gotten a a real 3% raise, which doesn't lead to a lot of good economic activity going forward from the consumer standpoint. You have that. And then one other thing that we looked at, too, was non-farm labor productivity. And while that is consistently trended upwards over time, if we look at the past few years, things have started to somewhat taper off there as far as the year-over-year growth. The other big weakness, and this has been an ongoing trend for quite some time, the participation rate within the, the labor market itself. Currently, We're sitting at about 62% of people who are of eligible age are actually participating in the labor market uh, and actually, you know, looking for a job or are working, and that's near a 40-year low. It peaked back in the 90s around 67%, which 5% drop doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking population of 300 million plus, that's quite a big, big number of people who are, are and are not in the labor market now. So for those who are curious at home, Blaine, what does that low participation rate mean? It really means that overall GDP growth, overall advancements in, let's just say, innovation or, you know, pushing the economy forward is lower than what it was. I mean, the big push from the 70s through the 90s was really females coming into the workforce. Prior to that, in the 50s and 60s, predominantly males that worked in the labor market and were actually going to their jobs and working. Um, And you've seen that paradigm shift from the 90s till now of both males and females kind of coming out of the labor market. And we also have an aging population, which is people retiring early and so forth, leaving the, the labor force. Yeah, and we can get into this a little bit later, but there might be opportunity there for for that participation rate to kind of tick up. So I think with that being said, kind of that tease there, let, let's jump into opportunities. The potential for workers to come back into the workforce. One thing that we have been seeing since COVID emerged was that a lot more people were classifying themselves as self-employed. So if you look at household surveys versus payroll surveys and kind of how those numbers were diverging, uh, you were seeing a lot more people take on self-employment. And as a result, you tended to see, you know, corporate payrolls come down. What we're kind of seeing now is somewhat of a shift there. And how we reconcile that is that with wages increasing uh, in the corporate sector, you have that, you combine that with better job opportunities, higher cost of living conditions. You know, when people are self-employed, as many self-employed listeners may know, you know, you really got to bootstrap things. Whereas some people who are on corporate payrolls, uh, there tends to be this common notion that there's a little more stability, that there's better wages, that there's more opportunities for growth. And that is starting to pull some people back in. And I, I think another primary driver of that is also the fact that the cost of living is continually increasing and people want to be able to go somewhere where they're going to really be able to maximize their pay. So I think from an opportunity standpoint, the participation rate might be able to take up a little more. Even for people who aren't necessarily self-employed, you have people who maybe retired early and now the cost of living shock is is really kind of getting to them. Maybe they shouldn't have retired so early and now they're starting to get pulled back in. So in essence, inflation is pulling people back into the labor force. Correct. 
And, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive. It doesn't it doesn't seem like that beneficial of a thing. But as far as growing the participation rate, I think that's something to watch. As the participation rate, let's say, moves up or down, there's definitely a need for innovation. And that's the big opportunity that I see. The fact that companies are having such a hard time trying to hire. I mean, the jolts number at over 10 million, it just doubled the historical norm, means companies are looking to hire two people versus when they historically were looking to hire one. And that drives a company to think outside the box, try and come up with some sort of solution, whether that be automation or some sort of efficiencies within the business, which then drives technological advances going forward. Yeah, I think there's going to be opportunity there to, to make workers' lives easier too, right? If you can take care of automating one part of their job, they can focus more on something else that might be a little more important. If you can if you can automate those more mundane tasks, they're able to add more value in other areas. And that's where we very well might see productivity start to tick up as well as a result of that. Yeah, and I also had um, that companies have been and will probably continue to try and offer some better perks or benefits to employees as they try and attract workers. And those tend to be somewhat more sticky than just a fluke of the time or something that is uh, just temporary. Yeah, it's it's hard to, to dial back people's pay after you raise it. It yeah. usually doesn't go over too or well. Or time off or something of that nature. Yeah, C- Correct. So as far as threats then, you know, one thing that you put in our shared doc was, was job openings. Kind of expand on that. Yeah, so with the job openings currently at 10.5 million, it's unlikely to be a sustainable path given what the Fed is doing and trying to tighten and raise rates. They've really focused on the inflation side, and in doing so, that'll start to have ripple effect going into the labor market going forward. So as job openings tend to dry up, which we've started to see some of that happen, the jolts number has stayed relatively high, but some of the underpinnings of that have started to show some signs of weakness. And if those continue to drop as far as the jolts numbers and so forth, that, that'll start to have an impact on the economy as a whole. Another item that I had related to that was the threat of below trend growth going forward. You know, Powell said last week that reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below trend growth. And moreover, there will be it'll it'll be very likely that there's going to be some softening of labor conditions. And why is this the case? The Fed needs to do that. They need to see that in an effort to help restore the imbalance between supply and demand, um, whether that be in goods and services, whether that be in labor, they need to help. They need to look to bring everything back into balance. And as a result, you know, when you have inflation running as hot as it is, when you have demand for workers that is as high as it is, they need to kind of cool off the labor market. And so that's one threat that I have is they really want to see some of that dry up. The other area that we've seen problems is layoffs, and that's been sector-specific with tech and growth-type names. If that starts to broaden out across multiple sectors or across different areas of the market, that'll start to have a pretty big impact. I think that's an interesting point, though, because we, the way I kind of think of it here, tech is somewhat of a leading indicator given given the dynamics of the whole cycle of the whole cycle up until this point. Is that there's been a lot of excess liquidity. Tech has really had the opportunity to ramp up and expand, and I think you're going to start to see those sorts of developments start to trickle their way into other sectors, not just the tech space. 
At the end of the pod, we always go around the room and we check out our headlines. Our headline strength this week, guys? The current unemployment rate and the jolts numbers right now. Headline weakness. Real wage growth and the labor participation rate. Headline opportunity. Potential for innovation and then companies starting to offer more benefits. And our headline threat. Job openings start to dry up as a result of that. You know, you see companies start to reprioritize future plans from growth uh, to kind of just holding their ground and surviving at the moment. Blaine Disrudis, CFA, a trader and a research analyst, Annex Wealth Management on the SWAT podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Trevor Nargis, trader and a research analyst. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Annex Wealth Management, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect on those of Annex Wealth Management, LLC. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or a solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risk. Neither Annex Wealth Management LLC nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.